Greetings. Welcome into the Pick and Pod. It's Tuesday, April 19th. I'm joined today by Matt Breen. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well, Kevin. Ready to talk some basketball. Thanks for having me on. That's what I like to hear. And Al- Alvin Halamujaya, you're making your debut today. That's right. We've had a lot of good debuts to be here. Rec- recently, and uh, I'm glad we're having another one. You excited to talk some hoops? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Good deal. And Tom Trizuli's back behind the board today. How we doing, guys? There he is, and he's going to be getting in, you know, here and there throughout today's podcast. We've kind of figured out some of the tech stuff, and we're uh, we're really in business now. I hope everybody out there is enjoying this beautiful day. It's the playoffs in the NBA. It's a great time of year. We're going to talk playoffs today. We're going to talk awards. But first, we're going to start right here in New York, move it over to Brooklyn. We're going to talk about the Nets, who made a made a coaching hire. They hired Kenny Atkinson from Atlanta. He's a former Knicks assistant. He was there for four years. He was in Atlanta from 2012 to 2016. He's going to finish out the postseason with Atlanta. He's a guy. He's from Long Island, so he's kind of coming home now. He played his college ball at Richmond, and uh, I think, personally, I think this is a great hire for the Nets. They needed a guy like this. He's a guy who's focused on player development. As Frank Isola of the Daily News pointed out, uh, he really helped and mentor Jeremy Lin when he was here in New York. And I, I think this is the exact kind of guy. A lot of people are hoping the Nets would pick a guy, kind of a splashy name, somebody big. There's a lot of talk about the Van Gundys and Mark Jacksons and maybe a Thibodeau along those lines. And what they did is they got the guy they need for this point. They need to make the most out of the players they have who aren't big-name guys necessarily, and I think he is just a perfect hire for the Nets. I, I, I agree with you completely. I think Kenny Atkinson is definitely a good decision. He's coached in New York before, so yep. he knows what that's like. People also forget that before he was an assistant with the Rockets, he was um, a player development coach, and obviously right. the Nets in, are in a complete rebuilding state. You want a coach that is able to develop your young players and develop your young talent. He, um, in Atlanta, uh, the head coach of Atlanta, Mike Budenholzer, Mike, Mike Budenholzer, um, is a pop guy. So obviously, you know, Kenny Atkinson has good basketball knowledge. Right. So I, I, I agree. I think this is a, this is a good hire for, for the Nets. Yeah, absolutely. I think definitely that, um, that Spurs East vibe that the Hawks have got going. Um, I think Atkinson bringing that kind of learning from that kind of atmosphere and then working under Mike D'Antoni as well, who is... Uh, who is an excellent coach? Very so, good offensive mind. So, yeah. especially coming to Brooklyn, where Brooklyn, we do the Nets don't really exactly have an identity right now. They have a bunch of like promising young players, but they don't really, we don't really know who they are, their identity. So, I think with Kenny Atkinson coming in, they can start like they can start the they can start their own culture and start to cultivate, uh, like growth within a good, the organization. Yeah, a good culture, because yeah, I agree. Because I mean, we saw. Us- a guy like Sean Kilpatrick played really well at the end of the year for the Nets. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Nets are totally devoid of ta- talent. They have Chris McCullough, who's uh, for, he was projected as a lottery pick. They got him late in the first round. The year they picked him, he's been injured. There are a lot of guys on this roster that you really want to develop going forward, and I, I just think this is the perfect hire. I think the leadership that's been brought in with Sean Marks, Sean Marks. being brought in from San Antonio, yeah. I think this situation, it, Nets fans really now have something to be excited about. Mm-hmm. I think this was just a really positive step. I do agree. Prokhorov did say, though, he, he hopes that uh, the the higher, not this higher, but that the Nets will be a contender next year. I, I don't know quite about that. <laughs> I don't think we can say that. He's always saying stuff like that. This, I'm just hoping he he realizes. I think he realizes now because he had a, I think within the past few months, he, he said something to. about realizing mm-hmm. like that that wasn't necessarily the right approach. And this year coming into it seemed like it was going to be awful for the Nets. But I think it's a good step in the right direction. Sean Marks seems to have been doing a, a pretty good job. And now with the new hire, I think 
things are looking up for Nets fans, hopefully. Yeah, I wouldn't even say like necessarily. It's not necessarily a step that's going to get them to the playoffs this coming season. But oh it's no, a step but just, for the future, exactly. It's like you you need that guy to come in who's going to develop those young players, even if he's not the guy that leads them to that really that point where they're contending. You always need guys like this to come in, mm-hmm. especially with the Nets. Um, with that trade with Joe Johnson or the trade for. Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, so like now they don't really have the draft picks. Yeah, they're going to have to be to build them up. Out so of like it'll the take a while. It'll definitely take a while, mm-hmm. but I think it, this is like a very good start, and I think Kenny Atkinson can do some good work. Yeah, I hopefully. think it'll be good. I think I think it's a really positive move for the Nets. And so now let's move on to there have been a couple awards that have come out so what, far. What are we starting with? Let's start. Well, let's start with the one that came out first, and we're going to talk about Defensive Player of the defensive. Year. Defensive. So Kawhi Leonard ends up winning. Draymond Green came up second in the voting. I personally am a fan of this decision. I think Kawhi had an absolutely incredible year, and I think both guys kind of inspire terror in an offensive player. Like Definitely. you don't, you really Definitely. don't want to be seeing those guys across from you when you're going up against them. But I, I think Kawhi was the right choice. I, I, I would agree with you. But here's what I'll say. I think Kawhi is probably the best one-on-one, not even probably, I think Kawhi is the best one-on-one defender in the league, and that's mm-hmm. why he won it, and I think that's fair. I think Draymond matters more for the defense of Golden State, though. Because he can guard every he's, position? He can or? guard every position. Yeah. He's kind of the cog in that system. He's always helping. He's he's the central defensive force on that team. Whereas Kawhi, that's not his purpose. His purpose is to just put him on a guy and shut him down, and he does that better than anyone. So I, I'm not upset with the decision, but both are... I'd have been. I think both would have been acceptable, but I think yeah. Kawhi's a good pick. It's just best one on one defender. Just probably a little different, yeah. With the Spurs, like Pop, you know, Pop has his defensive system ready, and I think one thing you notice with Draymond, he like draws comparisons to Kevin Garnett in that when he's on the floor, he's always barking. He's always like, he's always telling players like, "Hey, this guy over here, get to him," or like he's always commanding switches. Like he is. He Kawhi, like you said, Matt, like Kawhi is a be- like maybe the better one on one defender, mm-hmm. but. Draymond really is like the communicator. Like he's really in he charge is, of that defense. When you, if you if you were to watch Golden State, you'd think he'd be the leader. I mean, people do say he is the he leader is the of the locker room. Soul, he is the heart and soul. And you yeah. can definitely if you watch a game, you can tell. Yeah, and it's interesting because I remember earlier this year there was a little. Um, there was a time when he kind of lost his cool at halftime. He and he kind of had to apologize to the team. But it's still it. It doesn't feel like no matter like no matter what he does, I feel like everybody's still behind him. He brings oh, such a exactly. grit to that team, <laughs> and they're all, they're just such a cohesive unit. I, mm. I love that team. So I love watching them. Because it's not trades, players signing in. This is a homegrown right, and Golden State team. And so they're unfortunately. Uh, we have another Golden State player who came up second in voting, and we'll move on to the Sixth Man of the Year mm-hmm. award because Jamal Crawford won from the Clippers, and number two is Andre Iguodala, who. I would give an edge over Jamal Crawford personally. I know he missed a lot of games this year, but we saw last. I know the playoffs don't are not part of it, but we saw last night what he does for that Golden State team. I mean, we were like just like we were actually just talking about this, Kevin. But Jamal Crawford seems like it's almost like an honorary. This is the third yeah, time it's he's his third won. Third time he's the first player to ever he's win. He's definitely three times. a. That's They're, definitely been, he's adopted that role. They're probably going to name the award after him, maybe. Yeah, yeah. At some <laughs> point. I see that right? <laughs> yeah, I did see a lot of people saying that. That'd be that would be cool, but. I was actually I thought Ennis Cantor would have done could have possibly yeah, won. He's been playing really well. He's very high in double doubles despite not really playing like like very big minutes. Um, some people will call it empty stats though for him. Some people will call it empty stats especially because, because defense, of his defense. His defense, defense is, is, yeah. is 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 pretty miserable as he's playing against I, backup. Bigs we I used to watch a lot of Mari Stoudemire, so I I I know what that kind of player is <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> but yeah, I. 
Jamal Crawford, it's it's hard to say he doesn't deserve it though. So wait, was you, are you saying that you would have if you had your vote, would you have put Canner over Crawford? And where would Iguodala have fallen? Um, I'm not sure. I think I don't. I wouldn't. Th- I don't know if I would have put Cantor over Crawford. I think Crawford okay. mattered probably mattered more to the Clippers than Cantor did to OKC. Because I feel like Crawford's also a great locker room guy, and mm-hmm. I know that's not part of the award, but I don't know. I I, I think I might have put in, in good, uh, Jamal Ennis Andre. Okay. Even though Andre is, that's hard. That's that's a hard top three to pick. I think yeah. all three are deserving. I think two things that we have to consider is that um, first, for better or for worse, the six men of the year, especially like recently, has been awarded to like who scores the most in the six men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, when just, Jr. won it, that one exactly. Year. Iggy doesn't. Iggy like as much as he brings the team, he doesn't put up those like recognizable exactly. stats. And I think one thing that's important also is that when the Clippers lost Blake Griffin for that long period of time, Jamal Crawford uh, really stepped up in terms, especially in terms of. Um, like clutch scoring, fourth quarter scoring. He's I one believe, of the clutchest yeah. shooters. I believe he leads the he leads the team probably. I think in fourth quarter points. So like it just feels they, like it's going in every time he puts it up in the fourth quarter. He's, he's definitely like he he's such a streaky player. But like in the fourth quarter, the Clippers have really trusted him with so much. Mm-hmm. Like that one game against the Jazz where he just uh, took over that one time. Yeah, he did. It was I mean yeah, it was yeah. completely him. It was him and basically nobody else. They're playing Pablo exactly. Prigioni, Jamal yeah. Crawford, and he won the game. He, like he went out there. He forced OT and won the game for the Clippers. It was really impressive. So, but so you brought up the scoring factor, and that's why I thought a guy like Will Barton would have a chance because I thought he had a really you, great. You were year. talking Will Barton's praises before. I, Kevin. I think he would be my top three. It's funny because Crawford, he would be top three, but he'd be number three. Would you? I think would you be, put Cantor? You'd, you'd take yeah, I take Cantor, and he'd be down like four. The um, defense is it's, it's, it's hard to get over. It's suspect <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but I would say, yeah, I would have gone with Iguodala number one, and then Will Barton at number three. He was ended up being fourth. But he had more uh, games with 15 or more points off the bench than Crawford did. He had 38 of those to Crawford's 33. And I thought he had just a really solid season. He It's funny because he was buried on that Portland bench for a while. And then you he also gets think out definitely. of there. And the, now he's The fact great. that Jamal's on a better team also probably helps him a lot. Yeah, exactly. That, the in nuggets these awards, I feel the like The Nuggets are the Nuggets. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny because it's one of those things we're going to see Rookie of the Year. And Towns is going to win this year mainly like he's – because he's obviously the best, but if there yeah, was yeah. another guy who was even close and he was on a better team, you always risk seeing. Like go you think to that if, other guy. if if Chris Apps was on the Timberwolves, maybe that would have. Well, so you think, well, what do you think would have happened if Chris Apps had continued his great run and say the Knicks made the playoffs and the Timberwolves were out? Then it's a discussion. Then it's a discussion. But it's not even close right now. No, no, so no. I think, I think it's, t- Towns is and, the clear. And the Nuggets clear, weren't clear really close to the playoffs. They were, I think, they finished tenth in the West. They so. were, they were never really in. No one ever expected playoffs, and they were never really in contention. So. Right. Yeah. But Will Barton has made a huge jump. Um, I would not be surprised if I saw him um in the running for, like, he probably won't win it. But I'm not surprised if I see him in the running for most improved as mm-hmm. well, because mm-hmm. he's he's just taken, he's gotten like a lot of minutes and just ta- he's re- he has really been like a spark for that. Yeah, team, I agree. That so. one will probably be McCollum. I feel like that's one of the ones no, that's, that's pretty looking. set in stone. But, Unless, yeah, I agree. He's, he could easily mm-hmm. be in that top five, at least, of that yeah. voting. People talk about Steph Curry taking most improved. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, too. Like, I, that's not the worst argument. That's I, a pretty solid argument. I agree. So. It's a, it's it's kind of the award is not defined enough where you can really say who belongs. Because, I mean, he made as big a jump as anybody else. I mean, he went from, like, I mean, he went from 288 threes to 400, broke that yeah, twice in a Yeah, ended up with 402. Just... Yeah, you I would think, have thought that was unthinkable. A couple especially, years back. yeah. So, like, besides the MVP, like every like, it's just it's besides the MVP. I think all the other awards are definitely like a little more difficult to like. 
Gage. Like, um, uh, for defense back to defensive player of the year, um, Hassan Whiteside got two first place Hassan votes. Whiteside. That's true. Yeah. Lead mm-hmm. the league in blocks, but led the league in blocks. But like, just because he's not made. Like, he's not gather- gathering maybe not enough headlines, I guess. But, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, yes. Kawhi Leonard is a de- definitely mm-hmm. deserves to win and is the best defender in the league right now. But Yeah, I'm with you. So, on that note, let's move on to the playoffs. Cause let's talk about some playoff basketball. I hope I, did you have one last thing you want to say? I, I was going to say, if we're talking about most improved, I think you have to go with McCollum, Redick. I think you have to put Redick in that conversation. interesting because of what he did. We were talking about what Crawford did after yeah. uh, Blake went out, and mm-hmm. Redick really stepped up. Uh, what about Paul George? Does, does he count in there? Does, uh, does another does that one? Work? That's tough. I don't know. He definitely has upped his game from what it was before he missed the year. But yeah. I don't know. And he was great. Actually, on that note, let's just talk about the playoffs in the context of that let's, series. Okay, Paul Perfect George. Perfect transition. Yeah. Paul exactly. George leads easily or monster leads the Pacers game one to a win in game one in Toronto. I thought he was incredible. That was a, he he carried that team. It, and the way he plays, and he's clearly such a leader on that squad mm-hmm. now. And he's he's the guy, and he he really did carry them. He seems like he could be the guy on almost any team he played for. He's, I agree. He's he's a I like his premier, game pretty much as much talent. as anybody else in the league. I would agree. I, I would love to be have him on like a team that he, I really. He seems for. like a great guy too, and mm-hmm. to come back from that leg injury to be this good this year, I don't think anyone expected that. Yeah. He's also like also the big thing is he does things on both ends of the floor. Like he's the exactly. re- he's been um he's been the one who's got who's been guarding DeRozan the game games one mm-hmm. and two, and that's what that's like definitely part of the reason why DeRozan's had such a poor showing and, and yeah. i've i've been big on the raptors so far i think the raptors can make a little run in the playoffs but they they are an, an experienced team in the playoffs and paul george did kind of show did he didn't really <laughs> shut me up but he kind of said that like look like we barely got in but we deserve to be here yeah absolutely Definitely. and so what do you think they're going back to indiana what do you think is going to happen in that series now i think if i had to make a prediction i'd say raptors win four to two i'd say they split okay. the games in indiana and okay. then the Raptors finish it. Off. I get, I can get with that. I yeah. think one important thing definitely for the Pacers though is that in game 1 Paul George had 6 assists and in game 2 he only had one. So like mm. he, Very good he's, point. he's yeah. doing all he can but he definitely cannot do it alone. George Hill, Monte Ellis, those guys really need to step up. Miles Turner, another great rookie. Yep. He needs to he he's playing well but he needs to definitely be everyone on the Pacers needs to be a contributor if the Pacers want to upset the Rockets. Yeah. And I one thing the Raptors. I know, I mean the Raptors. The Raptors, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. One thing I was noticing, I don't know that I'd be playing Ty Lawson at all. I didn't like what he gave to the team in, in the game, the two games I watched. But because I just like their other, I like George Hill, and Monte Ellis mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. yeah. I d- I don't think I think Ty Lawson kind of disturbs kind of the chemistry there. Really? I could, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can give him like a second squad and like not really put him in with. The, yeah, but the he was in a little. Guys, he was but... in a bit like towards crunch time. But the thing, I totally agree on that point about the assist because in the first game. Every time they tried to shut him down, he was passing out of double teams and he was giving it up mm-hmm. and he was really finding his teammates. He's, he's a good pa- – Paul George is a very good passer. Great passer, yeah. yeah. yeah that was – I mean, that game one was fantastic. I, it was one of the only good games that started I'm I'm playoffs. rooting for the Raptors and I, I, I love – that was an awesome – game one was an I awesome agree. Game. And then game two, the Raptors, Raptors come back and they take They, they kind of showed their form. They kind of said like, all right, we're the better team here. But, yeah. Their but, bench like definitely said, stepped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Valance Junis was great. Corey Joseph, um, yep. Patrick Patterson. Yeah, they they were very good. But yeah, I, that that's one of the series that I'm now a lot more excited about than I was beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Paul George kind of said, "Look, this this series can be interesting." It, absolutely, and we, I, we talked a little bit last week about the fact that a lot of people weren't giving the Raptors a great chance to keep moving on, mm-hmm. and I disagreed with that. But then I saw the way Indiana came out in Game One, and I was like, "This could really be a series." <laughs> yeah. You say four two. I 
I think it could go seven. Really? But I, I don't think it necessarily will. I I'm, I would lean with you. If I absolutely had to decide, I'd say 4-2 as well. I think. Uh, what, about, what about you, Alvin? Um, I'd, I'd go with six games. I think the Rock and the Good Raptors pick. definitely had a scare when they lost that for, they lost their uh, game one mm-hmm. their game one at home again for the third time in three years. Yeah. But um, I think – I think they could. I think as long as when DeRozan starts playing, DeRozan said a couple of times like when him and Kyle Lowry are get, like when they start to get the rhythm back, he's been saying like we're we're gonna be we're gonna be yeah. really scary. And I th- I think that's true because I think when we see that, I don't know that the Pacers have the firepower to stick with those two guys. Exactly. So I think I think Tor- I think Toronto can pull this one out. Like you never know. Paul George and Frank Vogel is a great coach. He can. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll come up with maybe he'll come up with some schemes of his own, but um, I think for now I'll stick with the uh, Raptors, probably Raptors in six. Raptors, in, that's, I mean, that's me. Yeah. I, I I do agree with you. I think Frank Vogel is a very underrated coach. Yeah, I I, I agree as well. And it was funny because even within the past year and a half, I think his job he was on the hot seat, and they were talking mm-hmm. about maybe he wouldn't be back, but now he's really doing great things for this team, and yeah. they were right in the hunt. Seven and eight were a little bit out of that chunk that was three through six, like because Indiana, Detroit, their records weren't quite as good, but they were up there. They were, yeah. they were still. He had a solid regular season, and they were good. It was the first year having Paul George fully back, and they played great. But so I, I want to ask you guys a question: Is it is this the series that you're more excited about having seen one or two games, or is there one that you looked at? Could it be OKC Dallas, for example, after last night? that you're now a lot more excited about than you were to start? Because we talked a lot about L.A. Portland last week, expecting that to be a great series. In game one, it was good till halftime, but it wasn't great after that. I think it can still be solid. I'm, I mean, I'm a big I'm a big Dirk fan. Yeah. And so I've always been – I've always kind of rooted for Dallas. But I think I think OKC is going to clean up in the next next three yeah. games. Yeah. I, as much as – I thought that was a good game. It was showing of, of Dallas's resiliency – Felton had a monster game, like twenty Felton's, points, yeah, 11, yeah, 11, 21, 11 boards. Whew, that was um, a great one. But OKC shot like third of all people. OKC, yeah. OKC shot thirty three percent from the field. Yep. Yeah. Durant missed what twenty six shots. Yeah, he was I don't, seven of thirty three. I don't think, yep. and, and even Russell didn't was not on his game. No, he wasn't great. Either. I don't think that that happens again. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna clean up that. I series. think the game. So I think I, I don't think they're gonna make it. I, I'm not a. I'm not big on the the Thunder right now. I don't think they have what it takes to beat San Antonio or Golden State, but I think they're gonna they can clean up this series. I yeah, last night I everything kinda went right for Dallas. There were there were a couple things that were a little off, but I think the guy that we gotta highlight is Wes Matthews. He was absolutely incredible. There were a couple times in last night's game where they I think one of the announcers even said at one point they were like, he has zero points at this like right now and then he went on scoring. His defense against Kevin Durant was incredible. There was one play in particular where I was just I was Amazed, his court awareness is spectacular. He doesn't fill Steve, up the stat sheet. But no, he doesn't, but he does everything else for you. Mm-hmm. Steven Adams grabbed a rebound at one point, and he dropped down to try to go for it. Steven Adams was kind of keeping it low. He was so aware that Kevin Durant was still out at the three-point line that he backed off when he realized he couldn't get it. A lot of other guys would be down there trying to grab the ball Definitely. and give up a wide-open yeah. three to Durant, and that could have got him going. But Wesley Matthews is back out there. He realizes there's nothing else he can do in the double team, and he just has such a great court awareness. And then last night's game, he – even when Durant went out, he was switched over to Westbrook. It's great to see him back healthy again. I uh, agreed. Definitely. He, Alvin? Yeah, he's he's just such a great defender. Like, late in the game, you could see that one part where um, 
at one point where Durant um misses that shot, but um Wes Matthews gets absolutely floored by that Stephen Adams. Screen. Oh my, that was such a brutal and then pass. Yeah. Still gets yeah. to close out on the second shot, yep. and then manages to tip the ball away from Kevin Durant, lays it in. He's just he's just like I mean the I thought I thought in last I thought over the summer that um. Dallas really got a steal when they like took him away from Portland, and I mm-hmm. think uh, like he's an incredible shooter, incredible defender, and he's de- like definitely him on Durant and West slash Westbrook has been a huge reason in it, why Dallas has been able to stay in the series. It's it's nice to have a, such a good on ball defender with with him, mm-hmm. and uh, he's 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 been he's been great. As I said, he's he doesn't fill up the statue, but high energy player. Kevin, you were talking about his court awareness. It's. I just I was blown away by that play because a lot of guys like the ball still seemed kind of up for grabs, but he realized that it's way more important to get back out on Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys, just, I don't know, it's just a very small thing, but I was a big fan of that. That and that stuck out to you. That it stuck play. out to me. It really did. Um, but yeah, I think I think game three, I have a feeling that OKC is going to absolutely blow Dallas out I, on I, home I, floor. I think so. I think it'll I be like. You don't think so? I don't know because well, I think it, one of either Katie all, or Westbrook yeah. is going to go off. I it agree. All, it all off. depends on how OKC plays because, like, uh, credit credit the Dallas the Dallas Mavericks last game uh, yesterday. They played incredible, but OKC like l- starting like later in the season and clearly now they've uh, they've had this huge problem lately with um blowing their for- blowing their fourth quarter leads mm-hmm. and just not playing well in the fourth quarter. I read that. Le- I think I read somewhere over like after the All Star break, Russell Westbrook was like thirty six percent from the field in fourth quarters and twenty eight percent from three in fourth quarters. Mm-hmm. So like they definitely so if they can get it to a blowout, then obviously they're like obviously they're the better team. But if they're in a close game with the way they've been playing and with like just Dirk, Raymond Felton, uh, all these di- all these different veterans, I-, I I think Dallas could put up a little more of a fight than anyone expects. Well. To that point, I did like, there was a point, I think it, they went down like 68-61 or something, Dallas did last night, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this game's over. I thought, yeah, it, like, it's just, it back. felt that way, and then they came back, and I was like, wow, that was, it's completely unexpected for me. Well, I think that's one of the, that's one of the weaker points of OKC, is they have very, very little depth. Yeah. That, I mean, if you look it, at on the- On paper, they should, it looks On paper, okay, they should, but, but it they had, out. last night, they had almost no production from the bench. I'm not going to say no, Cantor had a decent game, and- and Dion Waiters had eight points and a couple of boards, but like very, very little production off the mm-hmm. bench. And that's where the other top teams in the league, even even the Clippers, I'd argue, are, are a deeper team. Yeah, that's where, that's where I think that's where OKC gets beat. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see. I yeah, I, I just think this next one will be bad. Alvin, I, you don't think I'm so? I'm with you. I'm with you, Kevin. Well, we'll we'll see how the next one is. Uh, that game will be coming on. Let's see, that's on Thursday. So that'll be fun. We'll have to watch mm-hmm. that one. See if that one can uh, who who goes up two one. Um, a, a couple other obviously there were a ton of blowouts in the first yeah. set of set the, of games. The West isn't looking that interesting. The West isn't, but even the East, we saw Charlotte just get run off Charlotte the floor Gar- by Miami. Well, I, I had I was I was high on Charlotte coming in, but maybe they're not quite playoff ready. And Miami, I think Miami's very solid. I right think now. Charlotte will come back strong in game two. I, I, agree. I don't think exactly. they're necessarily going to win, but I, I don't think, think they'll get. I don't think they'll get sweeped either. I think they yeah. can't. I think they could take a game. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's just Charlotte's first time in the playoffs after a while. So like, mm-hmm. and they they have like it's not the same team that was in the playoffs the la- that last time. Mm-hmm. So like, they're just a couple of they're just a bunch of like young players and they just weren't ready. Miami's an incredibly experienced veteran team. Yeah. Um, I I thought originally before the series started, I I thought. 
that that I thought that Miami would take in probably like seven, maybe. Oh, okay. So like I'm okay. uh, I'm probably anticipating like definitely much more of a fight from mm-hmm. Hornets, especially with like their their defense is excellent. Their perimeter shooting has gotten really good this season. Nick Nick Batum played really well actually. I was gonna say one of the guys who does have playoff experience and he played a great game. I mean he was the only guy who was really a bright spot for them. Exactly. And so. Yeah, no, when not. when Kemba was in college, I, everyone like loved him, and it seemed like he didn't like fall off the map, but it seemed like he wasn't quite NBA ready. And he's another one of those guys who's up for he's, the MIP potentially. He's one of definitely. like definitely improved to a point where you the could, mo- you most could, improved. You yeah. can make a great argument that he he's most improved. he had a great he had like one string towards the end of the season where he was scoring thirty points every game. He yeah. was scoring like thirty like seven assists, seven rebounds like every game. Yeah. So. I've been impressed with Kemba, cause especially because I've forgotten about him for a little while. Yeah, he was one of the best picks in my fantasy draft, and he just carried me towards the yeah. end of the year. It was great. I loved it. So, <laughs> so I have a, a special affinity for him. He was a hero. A little but special place in your heart. For a little Kemba. special place. Yeah, that one worked out for me. But uh, I think he will turn it on. Um, his defense is great. Obviously, they have rim mm-hmm. protection with Whiteside. Exactly. But I think he can still get it going. I, I think he'll be fine going forward. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be clear, I'm still picking the Heat. Obviously, picking the Heat. Do you think it'll still be seven? I don't. Um, maybe, maybe like say, I think it's six or seven. But but definitely, I think that Miami has the advantage to pull it off just with like all the experience they have. Joe Johnson, Dwayne Wade, and um, even from like the people who are not experienced, um, Hassan Whiteside, Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow. They've come out and had incredible. They've had they had incredible debuts. Justice Winslow. Had a great uh, was shoot start starting to shoot mm-hmm. great now. Josh Richardson coming out. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Winslow. So I think I think they definitely have this, but it could be a close. It could be a pretty long series. I think. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, we'll see how that one goes. I I agree that it'll. I feel like it'll either be Charlotte will turn uh, it up at home. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think yeah. they'll turn it up at home, but. I think they have to get both at home to start for to really push the series, or I think it could be over. If, if going going three one back to Miami would be, I think yeah, I think that's tough. pretty much Agreed. over. But Alvin, you think that Miami has a real shot to make a little run here, right? You think they can go further than just? I really, I really do. I mean, a little, a little biased, and yeah, being a Heat fan, but I think, I think because they could get they get past this round, and then what? They're the they're the three seed, so they're playing Toronto or Indiana. I think. There, I think they have enough players to, I think they have enough pieces to beat those teams. And most importantly, like I think the Heat have the best chance of beating the Cavs because every, everyone on that like the important players on that team know LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Eric Spolstra. They know how to game plan against him. If you notice, um, over the season, the when the Cavs have played in Miami, they've gone blown out once without LeBron, once with LeBron. So okay. even LeBron. In like around the middle of the season, I think after that last game in Miami, he and he was like talking to reporters, and he was like, "I'm I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure about yeah. if we're gonna get these wins in Miami if, if we meet in the playoffs." So, so, so you you think that if so you're saying if Miami gets to the conference finals, they they're they're gonna give the Heat a. I'm excited for that. Uh, hypothetical if the Heat make now. it, they can give the Cavs some trouble. I think they can give the Cavs a run for their. Especially money. if the if the Cavs get worn down by Detroit a little bit, maybe worn down by Boston, maybe Boston yeah. or Atlanta, mate. Yeah, Maybe they definitely. wear them down a little bit. Let's, Who knows, Miami? I I don't know about beating them, but we don't have a lot of time left. But let's talk about that Boston. You want to talk series about it? Okay. There's a game tonight. It's I think it's the better one. I think Memphis San Antonio is going to be a blowout. There are only two okay. games tonight. Yeah, no, I feel bad. I feel bad for Memphis. I do too. Injuries. It's they, it's brutal. Um, we'll talk about Boston Atlanta. That that can still be a good series, even though Avery Bradley looks like he's out for the rest of it. I think Boston. They if they can <laughs> steal tonight's game is huge. 
And I think Huge, Brad Stevens yeah. is going to be putting his players, and they're not going to get behind as much. I feel like, I feel like last game they got way, they were way too far behind. They made mm-hmm. the comeback, and they were right in it. Brad Stevens drew up all the right plays except for them. I think John Barry's analysis was actually great in that game. They just were giving the shots to the wrong players. Mm-hmm. We saw Marcus Smart, who's twenty five percent from three, yeah. take one. We had Isaiah Thomas passing the ball off to uh, Evan Turner, who took one, and they they were right there in that game. I think Boston could still hang tough. But they they have to be putting the right guys in the right positions. I actually I actually have some faith in this Boston team. I'm a big fan of uh, Isaiah Thomas. I think he has I think he has what it takes to be a, a great point guard. Mm-hmm. And the playoff atmosphere in Boston is great. So exactly. if they can get home, even if they're down two zero, I, I think, think they the can. Series is even over. if they're down two zero, I think they can easily win two in a row at home. Yeah, I you agree. Know, I think if Crowder, obviously without Avery Bradley out, that's going to be hard. If Turner and like Sollinger can step up and play nice, good, solid minutes. And then Crowder and Isaiah do what they've been doing all season. Mm-hmm. I think they could. I think they could take it. To Brad, the Hawks. Ste- I, Brad Stevens is un- unbelievable. Uh, those uh, plays great. when I he gets he gets whoever coach. he wants to get open open. Like the other the other there was that one play. It went to Drebko, and he was 15, 15 feet away from anybody else, and he got a wide mm-hmm. open three. Definitely. And he shoots forty percent from three. You want him taking that? He was one of the only times where they actually had the right guy taking it. The, I don't understand how he gets so people get so open. I like I watch the plays and it's like that's a good play, but. How is that guy that yeah. wide open? Like you don't lose the shooters. Like you mean, down- give credit to Brad Stevens. I give credit him. to him. Yeah. Like I'll even go back and watch. And I'm like, okay, that's impressive. But teams have There's to be no aware. Yeah. yeah. They, I, he's just so aware for every situation. I think we'll definitely see him at work, especially with Bradley out. I think one thing that's interesting is the rotations because um, they have on the bench right now a bit like there there are pieces. Um, they have. Like rookies, RJ Hunter, Terry Rozier, mm-hmm. who have like not really played at all. So I really want to see how Brad Stevens manages like everyone's minutes and like uh, does he keep does he keep like does he keep a short rotation? Now? I think he does. I, th- I think I know. I think everyone just gets more minutes. Really? Yeah, I, I think agree. everyone's yeah, just yeah. gonna get a little bit so more minutes. Yeah, shorter. Yeah, yeah, so less guys using less that's, guys. That's that's a agree. lot of pressure, especially you, yeah. Atlanta. Like not. Like I'd say they have like pretty good depth. Like they have a pretty mm-hmm. consistent roster. So like I think uh, with Atlanta being able to have a bigger rotation, I think Boston really has to be careful if they're gonna dole out those big minutes to mm-hmm. more minutes to everyone on the team. All right, we're running out of time, guys. I, the last thing I want to talk about is we for a while now we've been doing games of the week. Instead of doing that, I picked out Day the days. The so we're gonna what day you can't miss. So I'm gonna get a kick started here. My favorite day is Saturday. You guys can agree or disagree. I really think we got Toronto at Indiana. It's going to be a huge game. Miami at Charlotte. OKC at Dallas. That will be the game four that I think will be huge. And L.A. at Portland. I'm excited for L.A. at Portland. I think that day, in between, for the fellow nerds out there, Star Fox comes out on Friday, and then (laughs) Game of Thrones is on Sunday night. So if you need something in between, that's what you want to do. You want to be sitting down watching basketball. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss some of those games. I'm going to have to record Toronto at Indiana because I'll be working. But I can't wait for these Saturday games. I'm going to be up all night watching those. And I, I think that's going to be great. I, I, I would have to say Saturday is the, is probably the, the, the best day. Um, if I'll, I, I think Friday actually has two good games, too. I think Detroit at home could bring it to Cleveland. I, yeah, I'm with you. And I think Boston at Atlanta, I think, by the, I think Boston's primed to have a, a, good, a good— Boston plays very well at home. Yep. I think Boston's going to take two in a row at home. Yeah, well, sadly, the only my only problem with Friday is that that's the night they give us a late game that we don't want to stay up exactly. for. Like seriously, yeah, that's San Antonio <laughs> that's game. San Antonio I don't know if I'm Memphis. staying up for that one. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> but I mean, we'll we'll see how how that one goes. And Alvin, then, do you have a day that you're? Um, I think I I agree with you. Saturday looks great. I think Friday Friday, but Friday I think is also something to pay attention to. I'm I'm a particular fan. I, 
I'm a particular fan of um Detroit uh, of Detroit hanging with Cleveland a little longer than people think they will. Um, they played they played amazing in that first game, and and that was, was at Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, if not for that, Kevin Love stepping out at center and making a bunch of threes, like mm-hmm. that game could have gone very differently. And yeah. especially with um with Sam Van Gundy, who has who has knocked off LeBron before. You know, that's the other thing I want to talk about, just really briefly. And it's not necessarily about the gameplay, but do you guys think he deserved to be fined twenty five grand for the comments he made? No, twenty five. I don't think that it was twenty five. And this is that's this will yeah. be our final thoughts. So I. I don't know. I really disagree with it. I don't think he said anything too egregious. I think uh, everybody understands LeBron's going to be getting calls. It's just saying that superstars get calls. It wasn't. Yeah, that, it wasn't like, oh, these refs are terrible right now. Like that's like okay, twenty five grand because it's I, in the middle of a game. But. I can see the the NBA being like, oh, like you're trying you're trying not to get too critical of the refs in public. Yeah, but I don't. I, th- I think for what he is, said, twenty five thousand. I, I think, think it's twenty five because it was it was like end of the first quarter. I think so. Yeah. It was actually within the broadcast of the game. It wasn't just post game. Mm-hmm. I think that's a brutal amount to be fined. No, for, yeah. I remember seeing that, and it was it. Was, I laughed because I like regardless. I knew he would definitely get fined because, like regardless, because regardless of anything, it is on national. Uh, it was no, like yeah. on yeah, national exactly. television. So like whether he deserved it or not, LeBron did just. Elbow Reggie Jackson right in the head. But, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Tom, what do you think about uh, it? First of all, I, I love the comment. I loved it when I saw yeah. it live yeah, on no, TV. I great. got so excited. I knew immediately after I heard Good it stuff, that, Stan, <laughs> that the NBA was going to be very <laughs> yeah. upset about. It. As a coach, I look as coaches. I love both the Van Gundys. I love their personalities. They really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, as a as a broadcaster, tells it like it is, and Stan, as a coach, tells it like it is. He's had a tremendous amount of success in Detroit. I knew the NBA was going to be upset when I saw it, but twenty five thousand. It was that is that's so egregious. For it what seems he said. excessive. It, right? yeah. That's their standard baseline. It's a lot though, of money. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, he'll probably be keeping his mouth shut now. LeBron is not answering it. He's he's trying to stay out of that whole mix. Mm-hmm. LeBron always uh, has his little social media purge in the playoffs. True. Right. Stan yeah. did backtrack in his post game conference. He said that the re- the officiating evened out. So it, yeah, maybe he'll be a little more mellow. Yeah. Although I doubt <laughs> yeah. it, but maybe. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Matt Breen, thank you for being here. Thank it you was again, great. Kevin. Alvin Halmajaya, thank you so much. Your debut, Thanks. did you great. enjoy it? It was, it great. was great. I had a great time. That's really what I like glad. to hear. And thank you, Tom Terzuli, behind the board, crushing it for us back there. This, is, uh, this has been a great podcast. Uh, we'll be back covering the whole playoffs, actually, throughout. We'll be back next, next Tuesday. We'll have another podcast for you. Check for it around the same time. Have a lot of fun this week, and enjoy these hoops.